welcome to uh, Thomas Risley. Um, uh, as anybody who <laughs> remember when we were back in the church and um, for everyone's duty elder, um, we always ran late. Um, so it's traditional, even with a clock. So welcome to um, the service this morning. Um, and hopefully you have all had a copy of the newsletter. Um, and uh, just a couple of things to um, highlight from that. Um, so the elders' nominations uh, need to be with Steve by the 14th at the absolute latest. Um, so, um, you know, sometime this week at the absolute latest, but um, next Sunday is the absolute deadline. So try and uh, get that in um, as soon as possible, um, ideally electronically, if you're able to. Um, on the um, newsletter, just a couple of things to highlight. So there is going to be on the 16th a Pancake Tuesday social on Zoom. Okay, so uh, not sure how you, you toss pancakes in front of your Zoom, but um, I'm sure somebody will have a go at it and there'll be batter everywhere but there we are uh, and then Lent starts on the 17th um, and uh, this year again we are supporting water aid um, you also notice that um, Jenny is, uh, is, is writing and we're circulating uh, reflections each week um, and she is also she's also prepared um, some Lent material um, and uh, Stuart has also circulated some information um, also on uh, Lent, um, which uh, um, will be available as well to help you study during the Lent period. So um, hopefully, I think you've all been on this many times before, um, but uh, if not, um, if you can remain muted until it's your uh, bit of the, the service, that would be great. Um, and um, our service is being led by, oh, it's Steve this week. <laughs> it's, he, he doesn't look panicked, so I've got the right order of service. Um, so without further ado, I will hand over to Steve now. I'm not panicked, Dave, because I've got no voice, so you'll have to take <laughs> over. That's all right. <laughs> the sermon won't be any longer than usual. <laughs> and uh, it, it's exciting to see that we've got Jackie Weaver with us, all be a bit intimidating. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know who Jackie Weaver is, if you look up, uh, if, if you've got uh, the internet, if you look up the... Um, uh, uh, oh, where is it? It's a local council, and I can't remember which one it is. Andy, remind me quickly. Uh, Handforth. Handforth, that's it. I was going to say Northwich, but I knew it wasn't. Handforth Town Council, yes. There was a, a recent town council meeting that descended into chaos. It's quite a good watch if you've got 10 minutes. I will boot you out if you misbehave. <laughs> you've got no authority here. God of grace, you've given us minds to know you, hearts to love you, and voices to sing your praise. Fill us with your spirit this morning that we may celebrate your glory and worship you in spirit and in truth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Uh, welcome everyone to our service this morning. Uh, we're going to pray together briefly and then I'm going to invite um, Kate and Dave to lead us in the Lord's Prayer. So let's pray. Creator God, 
forgive our moments of ingratitude, the spiritual blindness that prevents us from appreciating the wonder that is this world, the endless cycle of nature, of life and death and rebirth. Forgive us for taking without giving, reaping without sowing. Open our eyes to see, our lips to praise and our hands to share. May our feet tread lightly on the path we tread and our footsteps be worthy of following for they lead to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Amen. We're now going to sing our first song this morning.
There was some bopping going on there, I tell you. <laughs> Brian almost fell off his chair. Um, so, um, now we come to birthdays. But before we do that, I forgot to remind you, because I'd forgotten, that it's communion today. Um, so, not during the sermon or during the, uh, the readings, but uh, perhaps during the next song, if you want to nip out and get uh, a drink and some uh, something to uh, to eat as part of communion. Right, so birthdays. Do we have any birthdays this week? Just scanning. Just warmed up my vocal cords there with the previous song as well. No? Okay, I think I've escaped. So um, over to Pam, who's just recovered from the previous song, for our first reading. The first reading is Isaiah 40, verses 21 to 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, No sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Amen. Helen's going to bring us the next one. Um, The second reading is from Mark chapter 1, verses 29 to 39, and it's entitled, Jesus Heals Many. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, 
the people brought to Jesus all who were ill and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. And now Jesus prays in a solitary place. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. When they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Amen. Thank you for those readings. So a few questions for us to think about as we talk. Where is God? Are we aware of God in our lives all of the time? And how do we notice God's activity in our lives? Uh, earlier in the week, um, I was discussing the readings with a few uh, a few other people um, who were here, um, which was nice because that chat helped me write this message. So I was able to cheat a bit, which is always helpful. Um, but we also spoke about the lectionary briefly and how we use uh, the use the lectionary at the moment in Thomas Risley for our readings most Sundays. Um, <clears throat> now, the lectionary, if you're not sure what the lectionary is, it's a it's a three year list of readings that if you follow them as a church, they take you through the majority of the Bible over three years. And one of the challenges um, can be that the readings sometimes feel quite unconnected. Um, and on the face of it, I think this week is no exception. The first passage from Isaiah tells us something of the wonder of God, his cosmic in scope and universal in significance. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is bigger and stronger, more impossible to comprehend than we can possibly imagine. God has described here embodies absolute power. And I think this is the way a lot of us see him as big. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's everywhere. In contrast, Mark's focus in the second reading seems nearly minuscule. As, uh, as Isaiah paints that story of God's nature and work on the biggest canvas, the whole of the universe, Mark instead focuses on a simple, single detail. He talks about the healing of a woman, not even named apart from the fact that she's Simon's mother-in-law. This story is more intimate, almost private. So in the readings this week, we've got the big God described by Isaiah and the little, small, intimate actions done by God in the person of Jesus. But I think it's important that we consider both of these elements when we understand the nature of God's work in our lives. A life in which God, big God, participates. First, the very large God Isaiah describes isn't above knowing and caring for us as individuals. Just as Jesus doesn't only come and announce the big stuff, he doesn't just talk about the coming kingdom, but he slows down to care for a woman suffering a fever. Our relatively small problems are still significant to God who looks after the whole universe. 
Secondly, mighty God is is indeed at work, strengthening the weak and restoring those who have fallen. And the way he does this often is by working through us and all those people who are around us. When this mother-in-law serves after she's healed, she's not being dismissed as as just a woman or a lesser role. She's uh, Jesus hasn't just healed her, but he's given her back her vocation, which is a picture of discipleship, of service. And and I guess in our culture, it it felt a little bit sexist, or it did to me when I read it, that this poor mother-in-law who has been ill with a fever um, immediately sets work on waiting on the other people um, who haven't been ill. Um, but I wonder if the lesson there that we should learn is not not the lesson of of the of the others just sitting around, but the lesson that when we are healed or when we are equipped, that's an opportunity for us to serve others. So when we think back to those opening questions, where do we look to trace the actions of God, who that God who sits above the circles of the earth and stretches out the heavens like a curtain? Well, I think we look to the everyday acts of service and care and sacrifice that we see all around us. This tells us that our ordinary lives can become at any moment the arena for the work of God as he continues to love and bless the world through us. Have you not seen, have you not heard the Lord God Almighty is at work in you, with you and through you to care for the world and the people that God loves so much? So where do we see God? We have the promise that God is and will continue to work through us, all of us, women and men, young and old, those of sound mind and body, as well as those who struggle with illness or disability. God will do marvellous things through all of us. God is still at work. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I find that I can't see God at work in the here and now. Sometimes it just seems like he's not there at all. But I think it's when I look back that I can see God was there. Maybe he was clearing a path or even carrying me or us. And I think that that's the lesson that we need to see in the contrast of those two stories of Isaiah and Mark. Isaiah describes God sitting above the dome that forms the heaven and holding back the waters of chaos. He tells us God is big enough that people seem like insects. And and when I first read that, it seemed almost threatening that, you know, that we were just insects in, in God's eyes. But I don't think that's what it's saying. I think it's talk, it's just a, a thing of scale to try and give us some scale that God is huge and we are in comparison small. The heavens form God's tent, suggesting that God acted creatively and feels at home in the creation. It's God's abode. God exercises sovereignty over political and military authorities. So even though they can feel powerful, it's God who has the real power. And that's that bit about them being withered and blown away. And God's power and creativity means that God has no earthly or heavenly equal. He stands alone. Our powerful, caring God 
provided the energy that the exiles needed for their journey back to Jerusalem. That That's what a lot of this part of Isaiah is talking about. And in Isaiah 40, uh, verses 30 to 31, we have that promise that if we hope in the Lord, he will renew our strength and we will soar on wings like eagles. It's not just a great song, it's a real promise. When life's worn us down, when the spiritual battle seems too hard, when we feel as though we can't go on, the prophet Isaiah there offers us a spiritual energy from the powerful, creative, but engaged and intimate God. The one who knows us not only by name, but even knows the number of hairs on our head, even though that's not difficult in my case. The chapter talks to the return of the exiles to Jerusalem. In reality, though, they didn't really go back. They moved forward. And I think this is true for us as well. God takes us forward into each new chapter of our lives. And if we think about us as church for a minute, rather than us as individuals, church can't go back to anything either. The church can only move forward into a continuingly uncertain world. We know the problems that the church faces. There's declining numbers and influence, a divided society that doesn't seem to communicate. So what does the church need moving forward into that future? Well, I think this passage offers a call to to hark back to the faith that formed the church, the faith that includes God's power and creativity, as well as the affirmation that God sees and knows all of us. God cares for us. God can give the church the energy and courage it moves forward. It needs to move forward into that uncertain future. The problems of this world won't go away, but our strong, creative God will give us the energy for whatever the church faces and whatever we face. And this passage lets us proclaim a God that's both transcendent, above the fray, but yet engaged with the world and the church. This powerful, creative God moves within the church as it goes forward into this uncertain and dangerous world. And you can believe this. You can trust in God because have you not known? Have you not heard? Amen. I'm going to invite Helen to bring us our prayers now. Thanks, Steve. This morning, rather than um, just closing our eyes and praying, I've done a bit of a slideshow that Andy's going to bring up in a minute. Thanks, Andy. So let's pray. Lord, we just come before you this morning with our thanks for all that we have, to say sorry for where we've gone wrong, to think about our community and the wider world, and to bring our requests. Thank you, God, for all the blessings you've given us. We now all we are grateful for. We pray for those known to us and those only known to you the joy of family and friends. We remember those who are ill, who are losing their jobs, 
who are feeling isolated. Make them known to us, Lord, so we can pray through the difficult times. Sorry, Lord, for all that we've done and thought this week that's not been Please forgive us. We bring to you our church family, Lord, and ask for your blessing and guidance on us during this time. For the many situations we all find ourselves in, we bring them to you now and ask that you're with us as we meet together. Bless our preparations for Lent and Easter and remind us, Lord, of the greatest of gifts that you gave and the overwhelming love you have for us. Thank you, Lord, for the work of the scientists and the NHS as they continue to vaccinate the nation. We bring to you, Lord, those parts of our world where there is war, famine and suffering. We pray for the victims of gun and knife crime that have been part of the news this weekend. We ask your guidance, wisdom and blessing on the new president of America, Joe Biden. Help us to remember and act where we can in ensuring your love is shared and justice and respect are part of every day. In quietness, Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be with those we are now thinking about. In the following situations we bring to you now. Can we pray for ourselves, Lord? In the week ahead, we ask, Lord, you prompt us to pray for people, for situations. We ask, Lord, to bless those. We bring our prayers to you, Lord, this morning. Through the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Helen. Uh, We are going to have another song now. If you haven't had a chance to get any um, bread and wine or whatever substitutes you have available, you know, just just whatever you've got to hand. Uh, now's a good time to go and get them because we'll be um, celebrating communion after that. Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed, renewed. Flowing from the grace that I found in you. Lord, I've come to know the weaknesses I see in thee will be stripped away. Hold me 
see you face to face the knowledge of your love as you live in me. Lord, renew my mind as your will unfolds in my life. As we come to the Lord's table, um, everyone is welcome. But if for any reason you don't want to uh, take part this morning, that's absolutely fine. That's between you and God. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. We are the people of God. We are the body of Christ. We are scattered and the body of Christ is broken. But as we gather, even on Zoom, the body of Christ is remembered. So wherever we are, we are together gathered in obedience to Jesus' command to remember and to share in the breaking of bread and drinking of wine in remembrance of the death of Christ. Each piece of bread that we eat was once scattered across the fields 
and the grain that God gave to grow has become for us the bread of life. Each sip that we drink was once the fruit that God gave to grow and has become for us the new wine of God's kingdom. In our communion with one another, we are fed with the bread of heaven that sustains us and we drink the wine of gladness that brings us joy. On the night on which Jesus was betrayed, he sat at supper with his disciples. While they were eating, he took a piece of bread and said a blessing and broke it and gave it to them with the words, This is my body. It is for you. Do this to remember me. Later, he took a cup of wine saying, This cup is God's new covenant, sealed with my blood. Drink from it, all of you, to remember me. So now, following Jesus' example and command, we take this bread and this wine, the ordinary things of the world which Christ makes special. And as he said a prayer before sharing, let us do so too. God of all of those who are scattered and broken, you call us to wholeness. We thank you for your love, demonstrated in the giving of your son, that we might be united with you. We thank you that in Christ, you enter into the pain, uncertainty and fear of our world. And that your arms are open in loving embrace, gathering us to you as a mother hen gathers her brood under her wing, as a shepherd gathers his flock. We thank you for bread and for wine, the symbols and signs of us today, for us today of your faithfulness to your people through all generations. Amen. Lord, <clears throat> as we are scattered, whatever we are able to use as bread today, may it be for us the body of our Saviour Jesus Christ as we come together bringing our bread from many loaves into one loaf at your table, so may your church be united. Let's share in the bread together. As we are together, yet in our own homes, let ever whatever it is we are using as wine be for us the blood of Jesus. And let's share now in that wine together. And now let's say those words that will appear on the screen. Christ has died. Christ is risen and Christ will come again. In John chapter 16, Jesus said, The hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen. Let's sing our final song.
Colin, I think just Mr. B just had his windows open. Um, uh, that was that's probably probably explains it all. Right, so we will finish with the grace. <laughs> He's heard me now. <laughs> so we'll finish with the grace, and you can all unmute. Um, and apologies to those on the, the phone. This does sound like a complete rabble, but there we are. So there we are. Still a few to unmute there. Colin's just using his natural voice, so that's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the grace of the Lord. Lord. Jesus Christ, the love of God, 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 the love of God,